Hello, and welcome to The Road Less Traveled. I am your host, DB, and today's episode is a special episode. I just felt like I needed to talk. I need to rant. I need to get some stuff off of my chest. And that's what this entire podcast is about. It's an audio diary. It is a means of me working through some things, working through emotions and thoughts and feelings and trauma. I need to work through some trauma. So this episode might be just me a rant, just screaming into the void. Um, If you're listening, you are part of that void. Welcome. It's cozy here, isn't it? What brought this upon me? What brought on this entire episode? Well, let me share that with you guys. Let me adjust in my seat real quick. You might hear the... the, uh, Yeah, let's get it good. Okay, cool. Let's get it going. This episode is just a rant about the fact that... I don't know. I'm just... I'm tired. I'm tired of things. I'm tired of the way things are. And it's weird because... Like... I believe in second chances. And I believe that people want to give those second chances. But there is a weird discouragement that comes... When you try and try and try and you fail and fail and fail. I have been extremely fortunate where I have been able to present myself to people and be humbly honest and say, this is what happened. Through my bad decision making, this is what happened. And I just have to humbly accept the consequences. And at the end of the day, that's the truth. Whatever stems from my car accident... Back in 2016, I'll put a date on that. It was over seven years ago at this point, and I'm still working through it. So seven years ago, past the statute of limitations on most crimes, mind you, is when my accident happened. However, I still have to disclose it for job opportunities. Time and time again, it might as well just be up front and say, hey guys, these are the circumstances. This is what happened. Because how embarrassing when you go into a job and you try to I don't know sneak under the radar or pull a fast one or I don't know you don't check the felony box which isn't really applicable anymore that's fine doesn't really help you don't have to check a box fine wait for the background check that's going to turn up some interesting information so you say hey I will probably uh, have some things come up in that background check, and I'm going to let you guys know. Right now, up front, this is the circumstances. This is what happened. And I own that. And then you shake everyone's hands, you thank them for their time, and you look them in the eye, and you tell them to have a good day, thanks for the interview, and then you realize that they will never fucking talk to you again. That you will not be getting a phone call. I've had to sit in board meeting rooms, like executive meeting rooms multiple times and explain my story after pulling off just a wonderful interview. And then when it comes to get down to business, we part ways because they can't move forward. And it's not them that I'm frustrated with. The reason for this, because I do have a job, I've mentioned in my other podcast episodes that yes, I am currently employed and I work in the public and I thankfully... And making a sustainable living wage. 
unlike a lot of people that come out of prison. I'm not wealthy by any means, and I'm not poor by any means. I'm probably lower middle class based off my income, but I do have a sustainable living wage. I am fortunate for that. I'm not complaining about that part. What I'm trying to get at is, and what I'm trying to talk about, is that the people I interview with are genuine people. You see them, you connect with them, and ultimately, though, they are a representative of a company. Because it's not illegal for me to do business with these people. Just the fact that I fail a background check doesn't actually mean anything. Because if that were the case, I would be either in prison forever because they wouldn't allow me out, or I don't know, I would be, say, excommunicated from this entire country. I would be deported to somewhere. I, exiled, I guess it would be called. But that's not the case. I am an American citizen. I have a social security number, and I am allowed to work. I do have a right to work. So oddly enough, it's only the company that is having the issue. It is only the corporation that is saying that we do not want to do business with you based on your prior convictions. We know almost nothing about you other than what is written on a piece of paper or can be found on the internet, which yes, they do look into those things. But if you were to look into my character through either various social media or whatever internet searches that you're doing, or even on paper, other than that one fucking felony part, that one felony, if you look at every other thing on paper about me, I'm killing it as a lower middle class person. <laughs> Working my way to the middle, trying to work my way to the middle. And that's all I'm saying. Like, how is that one little thing? And it's a DUI, mind you. Like, I am literally still on parole, so I'm not allowed to have alcohol. I'm actually one of the better candidates to be employed right now. Because you do, a lot of places around that I'm seeing, have people that are already high, smoking weed, or they're drunk, drinking their drinks. Most of America is higher intoxicated at any given point. Like, you guys, you guys get that right. I, there's a great quote that I'm going to paraphrase or nail, I can't quite remember, um, by Hunter S. Thompson. And he said, in a closed society, everyone is guilty. The only crime is that they haven't been caught yet. And I mostly believe that. There are the saints among us, although even those people would be the first to say that there is no one without sin, <laughs> if they are truly a saint. So if we all err from time to time, to what degree is it then that we should be stripped away of these rights? I don't care about the right to bear arms, personally. I don't. I'm for Americans having their guns. I feel like people are getting a little crazy about it, but, you know, okay. A lot of excitement. Guns are very exciting. I have lost my right to bear arms. Don't quite care about that one. I still have my right to vote. Don't quite care about that one either. <laughs> uh, I have strangely been sabotaged on the right to work one, which is not a right. I get it. Whatever. Um, because the company has the right to refuse service. They do not have to hire me. Um, 
And I get that. So it's not the person that I'm doing business with at the time of the interview. It is this amorphous kind of clandestine um, Wizard of Oz type dude behind the curtain that's making these decisions. And it always changes because it's not going to be the same CEO. It's not going to be the same owner. Time will go on and people will change and be replaced and so on and so forth. So those things could in theory change. Now I get like, I can't be an Uber driver. That one is a very clear cut thing. I cannot be an Uber driver. I don't even have a license right now. Why? Because I'm not allowed to have a license. So yes, I am legally not allowed to do driving jobs. I also have five years of banking. Surprise, I can't do banking. And it's not just because I don't have any financial crimes, but I do have a class B felony. They're not going to hire me, even though I have years of experience. They're going to hire someone with a clean slate, someone who is fresh. And I don't blame them. Go with that guy. Give him the opportunity. But weirdly enough, there's nothing to prove that you going with that candidate is going to actually be the right choice. You could as easily say that since I have completely fucked up in the past, that I would be willing to work 100, 200, 300% harder than someone who already hasn't made or is only coming from the perspective of their working to earn this. I am working not just to earn something, but to replace what was lost or what I feel that I can lose. And those things are irreplaceable. Mind you, it is it is just a drive in me to want to get those things. Like, I am a prideful person. I am incredibly proud of the fact that I have a signed letter from the governor's mansion that I worked at during my incarceration. It's from the head coordinator of the office. I worked there for almost a year and then COVID happened. But I was working in the public. I shook the governor's hand. He gave me a turkey. It was amazing. This will all be on different episodes. But I won't go into specifics. Because there's things that happen that I also, respectfully, it was a job. So I'm not going to go into details about any private things that I saw. Everything was above board. We'll put it that way. It was. Everything was done with a complete degree of professionalism. And I was never treated and I never felt like I was an inmate when I was in that position. How crazy. I got to work with the governor. I only got to see him a few times. But I still got to work with him briefly. And I didn't feel like an inmate then. But now that I'm free, trying to apply at different jobs, trying to better myself, trying to make something of myself, I feel more like a prisoner. Because while I might have a degree of freedom to move, to walk around, to go places, I, I mean, I can't leave the state, so I guess there are limitations within that. But I can't make certain moves professionally. I can. I mean, I try. I tried a lot before I landed at the last job that I had. I tried for months. I applied everywhere. I kept showing up. And it's very tiring when you don't have a car. When you have to rely on your girlfriend who is willing, thankfully, to do those things. But who you have to not only 
feel shamed and embarrassed every time you get a no or that look where it's like, oh, crap. Man, we thought he was perfect. And then you just, you know, you got to drop the bomb. You got to let him know. I, I do have to be upfront about this, guys. I do have a felony. I, here are the circumstances. Uh, you get the look. You get the, the, the energy. It changes. You can feel it. And that's what I'm frustrated with. Is that cringe moment. I don't get it from everybody. In those settings, I get it, yeah. Person to person, like, if I talk to somebody in my day-to-day, and, like, the few people, thankfully, that I've opened up to accepted me. They had no idea those things, but it didn't change anything either, and that's what I was really afraid of. So... How do we change that? Like, because that feeling fucking sucks. And that's me being a capable, driven person. How discouraging to someone who doesn't have the resources that I have, who is time and time again going in and out of prison. Maybe they're poorly educated. Maybe they have substance abuse issues, drug addiction, whatever it is. They're not being given the tools, maybe, or didn't have, didn't have them. I don't know. So what about that person? I'm talking about me. I got everything. Like, I I believe I was raised right. I believe I was given the tools. I believe that I had all the opportunity in the world. And I'm still very fortunate, and I'm still latching on to those things. I'm still going for the opportunities that are given me. So what about the person that doesn't have that? It's that hard for me. What about that person? Do you know how much it hurts after I leave that interview room and then I have to go tell my girlfriend who's waiting on the bench those times? She looks up at me smiling like, how'd it go? And then her smile, you know, falters because she sees how it went. She sees me. That hurts. It's a rough time. And you know what? Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I humbly accept whatever happens I do believe in second chances I walked past a woman today on a bridge on my walk to my bus stop and she was it was pretty cold because it's December right now she was homeless she was passed out or unhoused if you will tattered clothing shivering dog in her arms sign that read I made some bad choices And I'm just looking for a little help. And I walked by that woman. I got about 15 feet. And that sign just spoke to me. Because I have made some bad choices. And my family and friends, they're still there for me. And then the people that I have met there have been some people that have been kind to me and that means the absolute world the non-judgment that's that's all i need i don't want pity i don't even necessarily want help but the non-judgment acceptance that means everything so i turned back and i went to that lady i gave her twenty dollars i gave her the little bit of food that i had on me because i take snacks with me to work and i hadn't eaten them 
and I had to wake her up because she was passed out. But I talked to her and I said, ma'am, I could have easily been where you are multiple times. I too have made some very bad choices. And when I handed her that stuff, I just said, please make some better ones. And that's it. I just wished her good luck. I didn't go then home and make a big post about her, try to do anything. I like to keep this anonymous, so this is good. Um, but I, I, I wish I could encourage more of that. Maybe we can't get second chances in the professional world because we would need the actual top to change. We would need CEOs and corporations to actually accept people with felonies and not just low-level workers. I'm not talking about the people that do the jobs nobody wants. I'm talking about actual opportunities because the guy that's getting away with whatever he is doing on the job, like, say, embezzlement, say, uh, I don't know, bribery, blackmail, uh, corporate fraud, all these horrible things that are going on that are just getting unchecked. Like, what about those people, huh? It's already happening. So why are you so like against someone that's just been caught what's to say of the people that haven't been caught i mean trust has to start somewhere and i know there's just an overwhelming amount of people so the mindset is why give opportunities to the people that have already squandered them and if that's the question you're asking well i, I feel like you're asking the wrong questions you should start asking yourself, why do I feel this way? Why am I okay with the treatment of someone like this? Why, why would I be all right with that? And the answer is because you yourself have never been in that position. If you truly feel that way, you just have not been in that position. Or... For some reason, you are a real glutton for punishment. But that's where I'm going to end my rant, guys. All I'm asking is keep an open mind. Try to be a little kind to the person next to you. That's it. Thank you for listening, and I hope you guys have a wonderful day. This has been The Road Less Traveled. I am your host, DB. Take care.